What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brandon Janu. And shout out to everybody that has been watching, reviewing, man, uh, commenting, subscribing to my YouTube channel, or just listening to it on podcast platforms everywhere. I truly, truly, truly appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, and if you are now just looking for more of me, which I don't think you probably are, but if you are, uh, you catch me on social media, uh, TikTok, in Instagram, mainly on Instagram. Just find me on Instagram. It's very easier. Brand Janu Show. It is it's just like the podcast, just like the YouTube channel. Um, Brand Janu Show everywhere, man. Um, and like I said, man, thank you. Shout out to all the new subscribers on my YouTube channel. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to all the viewers, all the things that's been going on. Appreciate all you guys, man. Uh, and uh, hope you guys have been enjoying these new episodes that have been out. I got one dropping tomorrow night. Got back with my family to do the top 10 list. Uh, hopefully more coming soon with that. Uh, and, of course, tonight uh, I will be doing uh, my Wrestling Life podcast episode. So hope you guys enjoy this. Um so let's get into it. Uh, you know it's getting real when your dad actually texts you. My dad texted me today and was like, "Yo, your uh, me and your uncle E watching, uh, your 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 wrestling life podcast." And uh, he your uncle E was like, "Man, tell tell B I want to be on there. Tell Dad I want to be on, uh, so on the on the on the wrestling life." And uh, I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> and I might have to get my uncle on here. I might have to do one with him. Uh, it's gonna be he going to do some old school wrestling, so I was like, let's do it. Uh, so I got, I'm, I'm thinking of an episode we could do together, which will be dope. So uh, yeah, definitely. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and of course, after this review, of course, I will be talking about uh, the last WWE pay per view of the year, which will be Survivor Series. But do not worry because I am not done with wrestling life for the year. Um, uh. Because starting in December, I will be doing uh, pretty much a roundup of going into 2023, pretty much. Uh, what I want to see, what I'm anticipating for wrestling going into 2023. Uh, and, of course, that all culminates with the top 10 list of the best matches, according to me. According to me. Uh, the best, the top 10 matches of 2022, according to me. Um, so... Yeah, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy that when it comes soon. Uh, but like I said, tonight I will be doing a review of Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel just happened. It took place in Saudi Arabia. Um, right, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, I should say. Um, and it was a really cool pay-per-view, really de decent pay-per-view. Um, and like always, I will be ranking and reviewing this pay-per-view. And... Um, like, oh, if you have seen this before, you know how I do this, uh, you know um, how this rank and review stuff go. I go least to best. You know, I go least, my least favorite match to my most favorite match of the night. Um, and I'm so looking forward to this, man. Um, was one of the best crown jewels. This might be the best crown jewel they've had ever. Like, I, I've seen crown jewels before. And some of these motherfuckers just don't hit right. You know what I'm saying? There's always a match or two that's clunker that, you know, you, you, you could tell they're just doing it for the fans. And I really like, 
they're not really trying to like make a match really interesting. They're just just doing some shit. Um, so Crown Jewel has always been kind of like, eh. of course, also with um, before the match, before wrestling even took place, a lot of them was in high alert because of you know. Uh, uh, terrorist threats uh, going into Saudi Arabia, so it was it was a lot of things going on. But they did do the show; they did have it, and um, I am here to review it. So, like I said, I will be doing my least favorite to my most favorite match of the pay per view, Crown Jewel. And like always, man, if y'all like it, review. If y'all like it, comment on podcast platforms or on my YouTube channel or on social media, wherever you follow me, man. And um, like I said, man, I hope you guys enjoy this. So. Let's get into it. Like I said, my rating system, I never really have to give a match a zero star because then it's nothing really to talk about. Uh, but I started off with one star to um, one star to five. If you get five stars, your shit was incredible. Uh, if you get one star, it was just like, it, it could have been, uh, it, it was really what I anticipated. It wasn't really that much greatness. It wasn't really that good. But sometimes a match that I anticipate could even be better than I expected. Or a match that I anticipate could be better because it's like, well, I kind of expected that. So even if I expected to go the way it goes, I expect it to be something. And then this new WWE has been better. So here we go. Uh, the first match that I, I rated is Braun Strowman versus Omos. This is one of those matches I was just talking about that. I expected it to kind of be what it was. Um, coming in to this match, uh, it they kind of build it as like this this giant versus monster match. Um, I, I'm happy they did it. Get this shit the fuck out the way. Nobody wanted to see it. I don't think I wanted to see it. I don't think anybody that's watching this wanted to, that will watch this wanted to see this shit. It was cool. It was decent. You couldn't really do too much with this because it's a giant and it's a fucking monster. Now, what I would love to have seen, because Braun Strowman is a little smaller than, a little shorter than Omos, I would have loved to have seen them use Braun Strowman's uh, athletic ability. Braun Strowman is one of the most athletic big men in WWE, if you actually watch him. And I know, and um, even though Omos is a giant... <laughs> Even the Omas is a giant. Um, there was way more things he could have done. He looked like a giant for the first time in a match against real competition. He finally looked like a giant. Um, and this was without uh, MVP, which is very noticeable. Uh, Brian Strowman pretty much power slammed him through the ring all last night on Friday Night SmackDown. But it, I, it, this match was what I expected. I expected it to be. Kind of like Omar's dominating, kind of. I didn't expect it to be some fucking acrobatic shit. I expected, but I did want to see more of Brown Strowman athleticism kind of get used more. If you know what I'm, you know what I mean. If you know what Brown Strowman could do, he, you know when he fought the Big Show, he was he could do these things. He could be like a kind of like a cruiserweight sometimes. I'm not saying he's gonna fly across the fucking ring, but he got some skills in the ring. So I really did see him kind of use that a little bit more and more in this match, but. It pretty much was like a you he's bigger than you type of feel and you're just lucky to survive type of match. And that's kind of what this was. And uh no 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 problems with it. It's just 
it was it was it was okay. It wasn't it's what I expected. I expected Braun Strowman to win and I did not see Omos being this dominant, I'm be honest with you guys. I saw it kinda being a little dominant, but not this damn dominant. And um but Omos won. I mean Braun Strowman wins, but the match to me personally, because I knew what it was, it was pretty decent and I give it that. Uh I gave it two and a half stars. To start off the night, I was like, okay, this is kind of, it's okay. It's not a two. I give it a half a star, so two and a half. Like I said, it was kind of like Braun Strowman and Omos were just, it is. I'm happy, like I said, I have, I'm happy they got this shit the fuck out the way now, so we didn't got to see this shit at like a WrestleMania or some shit. I'm happy they got this shit out the way. It's over. Done. Bury it. Please bury it. So that's the first match that is on my list. I was like, it's okay. It's decent. Now. The next match, I got three matches, I'm going to say, that has three stars. I gave three matches three stars. Um, and I'm going to talk about which one I thought was my least favorite of these three-star matches. So, the first match was, the first match that I just was like, I like, it, it, it was okay. It's exactly what I expected, but at the same time, it could have been better. And I think the first match... That I believe that was that was Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, the steel cage match. I thought it was what I expected. I thought Drew would win, and he did. But I also expected. But I also expected. I don't know. I, it's the same thing with Braun Strowman and Omos. It's like these two men kind of do too much together, and it's like it's like these two have so many. They they kind of the same. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, the ice cream truck is coming through. I'm sorry. But uh, these two are kind of like the same fucking wrestler. Like, it's not so much you could do with either or. I mean, Drew's more con- – no, I can't even say Drew's more athletic than Karrion Cross because like, Karrion Cross could kind of move in the ring too. But this is what I expected. It was decent. It was like you had to give Drew this win because Drew has now lost two consecutive matches on pay-per-views. Clash at the Castle, which he should have never lost. And then he lost that extreme rules, which he should have lost. So it just, it just, the match to me personally, it was, it was, again, like I said, it's only so much you could do with these two men. And it kind of felt like that coming into this match. It was just like, there's only so much you could do with these two men. And it was decent. It was, it was a decent match. It was a decent steel cage match. But at the end of the day, again, I don't know. I, I also the finish. I'd rather have seen Drew pin Clarion Cross, maybe, because then it would have been decisive. But instead, they escaped the cage. It was kind of like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand this. I mean, I guess they're gonna fight again, but it just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to fight again. I just don't see it. I, I really don't fucking see the point of them two fighting again now. It's like Drew's got one, Karen's got one. I guess fight again, but it's just like, where are you gonna fight as? The only one you could fight as probably at the end of the year on like a Christmas. Friday night SmackDown, Drew McIntyre versus Karen Cross. Like they screw each other out of the SmackDown uh elimination match at Survivor Series or some shit. I don't know if they even gonna do that. The traditional Survivor Series. I mean Triple H is probably still gonna do it. He's just gonna have two different matches for other competitors, but I'm assuming they're still gonna do the five match the, the five man on five on five traditional Survivor Series match. So I can see these two kind of getting into a little bit of a problem in that. And then they go into like the next 
night on SmackDown or some shit, like have another match to just settle the score. But I don't see the point of these two men really fighting in a pay-per-view setting because it's just like they're decent matches, but it's some about like just these two together. It's just like I don't know. It's just I don't I don't get this. It's not a it's not a good it's not a good matchup. I I I, I thought it would be better than what it is, but it's it's just not a really good matchup. I don't know. But yeah, it was it was it's, that's my least favorite three star match that I would say. It was it was it was okay. It wasn't it ain't crazy. It was it was it was decent. I give it that. Um, the next three star match that I would say that I had was the match that kicked off the night: Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. I didn't get why Bobby Lashley attacked Brock Lesnar. I get okay. Let me say that again. I get why he attacked him, but Brock Lesnar pretty much playing off the knee injury for most of the match was really good. And he also showed Bobby Lashley how to play off a fucking injury. You don't just, you know, say, ah, I'm hurt on my arm. And then five seconds later, your arm looks perfectly fucking fine. Brock Lesnar played the injury up the entire fucking match. Now, something that Brock, Bobby Lashley did not do was attack the leg, which I thought should have been, he should have speared the leg. He should have did something to make that injury look way more worse than what the fuck it was. And yeah, this match was what I expected. It was quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, a couple spears from Bobby Lashley. Brock Lesnar took a couple spears. I think Brock Lesnar got a couple suplexes in, but he couldn't really do a lot because of his leg. Um, he had five of them. But this match was pretty much more dominant for Bobby Lashley than it was for Brock Lesnar. And I think this was pretty good for Brock for Bobby Lashley because it showed he can be dominant against the Beast Incarnate, somebody that we've all said that we would love to see these two men get into a match of fight. This was the first time without MVP or without Paul Heyman by each other's side, and I thought this was a really decent uh, a match uh, for the time length that it went. Um, and, of course, what really gave me – because it, it was going to be a two-and-a-half, I'm going to be honest with you guys. But what gave me the three was what happened after the match. Bobby Lashley pretty much attacking Brock Lesnar and putting him back in a hurt lock and pretty much showing him, like, you're not better than me. You know, you, you escaped today. You escape, and that was the first time I think I've ever seen Brock Lesnar escape a match. Not like escape, like he hit a F five and then he just won a match out of fucking nowhere. No, 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 no. This is the first time Brock Lesnar looked like, holy shit, you you did not look good in this match. This entire match, you did not look good. Brock, Bobby Lashley dominated you, and then he beat him off of like some cruiserweight shit. He just had it. He just hit the top of the turnbuckle, bopped off. You know, Bobby Lashley stabbed him in a hurt lock. And he pins him one, two, three, and the ref and Bobby Lashley looks up like, "What the fuck? How I lost?" And I, I, I he's like, "What the fuck? How did I lose?" And then he put him back in a hurt lock before the match after the match, and it's just like that sets up a perfect thing. See, like the Drew McIntyre and Karen Cross shit, I felt like it should have been a winner because even though Drew won, he didn't win by like a claymore. He won by escaping the cage. It's like, no, I need you to pin this man. Whereas for Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar pinned Bobby Lashley, even though it wasn't like the usual win for Brock Lesnar, but he won. And now it sets up a way bigger match, which I think Brock Lesnar takes another couple weeks, months off, come back at the Royal Rumble, calls Bobby Lashley the Royal Rumble match. Bobby Lashley comes back out, calls him the Royal Rumble match, and now you got a WrestleMania match. It's now real close the book on this and now you have a real clash of two men that we now know can dominate each other. This is going to be great. And I think that this is how you do a rivalry 
that will take time to build because if Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley was to fight again at Survivor Series, it would make no fucking sense. But if Brock Lesnar is now going to take time off, and Bobby Lashley is going to pretty much berate him for most of the months that he's gone because he's going to be like, Brock Lesnar did not win. He escaped me that night. He he really didn't win. I dominated his ass. I beat his ass. So I think this builds up perfectly for WrestleMania. I think this is a perfect match to have at WrestleMania. It's Hollywood. You need two Clash of the Cat, like two Clash of the Titans match. This is perfect. Brock Lesnar is clearly not going to fight fight for the uh the title, and Bobby Lashley's not going to fight for the title. So why not let these two men just fight each other? It'll be the third bet. It'll be the third match. It'll be one one. We shall see how it goes. Um, and the next three star match that I gave, um, uh, was. Uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team match, uh, titles match between Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Damage Control, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. I could have made this a three and a half, and I think I will, but it, it, to me right now it's a three, and maybe I will, you know, but to me it's a three. Um, better. <laughs> it, it was Raw, they won a title, Alexa Bliss and, uh, and Asuka. Uh, they won a title, um, the tag team titles, and then they just lost the damage control tonight, um, in this in this match. But for me personally, um, I thought our four women did a great job at, at, at doing what they needed to do. I, I sidebar, uh, Bray Wyatt popping up, Bray Wyatt little logo popping up before, like some Bliss could 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 even start talking. It's pretty decent, and uh, I see what y'all doing over there, WWE. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I personally don't think Alexa Bliss need to go back with Bray Wyatt. I think it should be Liv Morgan. She's creating this much of a of an attention towards it. But if you're gonna play this Alexa Bliss, which Alexa Bliss has some in her, it still has that Bray Wyatt influence in her. You can you can see it. You can see the makings of her still having that in her. Um, but I thought the match was pretty decent. I thought these four women, like I said, had incredible offense. I thought the spots that they took were great. Um, you even saw. In the match, kind of like a Bray Wyatt kind of ominous tone to it. I mean, the lights went out at one point, kind of went dark for a real quick second. Like it's pretty obvious that you know, you know, uh, they're gonna play that 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 situation up. Um, what saved this match for me personally, uh, saved it, but also kind of made me feel like it should be a three, is the ending. Um, Nikki Cross. Which, again, because, again, it's kind of like, is Nikki Cross not part of damage control? And if that's the case, then you did see damage control talking to Nikki Cross on Monday Night Raw after the uh, before the titles got changed over. But, you know, if Nikki Cross is now cha- turning, uh, uh, teaming up with damage control, that's an interesting pickup. Um, but, yeah, Nikki Cross coming out and kind of, like, helping damage control kind of made me feel like, okay, that's pretty deep. I, I get it. I get why you would do it. But, um, I don't know. I probably would use a, a Nikki Cross for the women's title match, but it didn't happen that way. So, yeah, I, I didn't understand that. But I thought it was a really good match. Out of those three matches I said for three stars, this was the best of those three. People could hate it and say it wasn't really that good, but it was better than what I, I expected. And um, for a match that also got just thrown on the card at the last second, this was a really good match, and I think that that was that's what it was. Like I said, you kind of also display what Alexa Bliss is about to go through, and I think that's a pretty dope 
uh, ominous feeling towards it. Um, the next match, uh, I gave three and a half stars. Now, this is the last uh, three and a half star match. I'm going to three star match ever on this list until I get to the next couple matches. But this, I feel like I got to, I got to give a disclaimer or some shit uh, because everybody's going to be like, how the hell you don't have this match as a five star match? This was the best match on, on the whole card. This was a great match. It was the main event. It was supposed to be pretty good, but at the same time, it pissed me the fuck off. So you already know if you watch wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. The main event of Crown Jewel, I gave it three and a half stars. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I could not give this a high star. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. No offense to the match. The match was good. But me, who I am, I got pissed off the longer the match went. And it's because of what I keep saying about WWE when it comes to Roman fucking Reigns. It's like, this match shouldn't have been this long. It shouldn't have even been this fucking long. It shouldn't have. It should have been a classic smash match. And I would have understood if it was. Logan Paul comes in, gets his one punch, lucky shot, holy shit. Oh, my God, here we go. Pins him, Roman kicks out. Logan Paul kind of now is like, oh, shit, that was my only chance at this shit. And then he starts to try to work on Roman, and then Roman catches him with a Superman punch. Superman punch, spear, spear, puts him in a choke in the match. We go on, we go home. That's not what it happened. And it was a longer match. And not to say, and to a lot of people, the longer the match went, the better it was. The problem was, for me, the longer it went, the worse it looked for Roman. It's like, dude, you let somebody like this. And here's the thing. People are going to say, for three matches, Logan Paul looks incredible. He looked incredible at SummerSlam. He is he clearly he's taking this shit serious. And I respect him for taking this shit serious. But the third match of your career, and let's be real, this is his second solo match. His first match ever was a tag team match with the Miz versus the Mysterios. Outside of Ray in the Miz, Dominic is just like Logan. Like it's kinda like okay, kinda. But Logan's taking this shit serious, and I respect it. As a wrestling fan, I respect somebody that's actually coming in and taking the crowd real serious. But you, but it's not Logan that I'm mad at. It's Roman. It's WWE that keep promoting this dude as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And you let a person that just had three matches, but really two solo matches, hang with you? Who's been a champion for damn near 200 for damn near 780-something days, 800 days, and you won't defend that title again until maybe Royal Rumble? So, like, we won't see you, and now we know you're not changing, the title's not changing at WrestleMania, even if you fight The Rock. So you're not losing any time soon, and it's just like, this is, again, a, a more of an, an indictment on Roman than it is on Logan. I'm not saying Logan the dude held up his part. The problem was, Roman, WWE, it's like, I get it that you want to continue to promote Logan as the next big thing and stuff like that, and he's held his own, great job, but for me, it's like, this is the one thing I keep saying about Roman Reigns, it's like, dude, dude should not have matches like this, y'all want to keep pushing him as this big ass star, but it's like, to be the WWE, the face of WWE, 
you let a person with technically no experience whoop your ass to hang with you. There's been times where you should have lost. Like last time you defended your title, you should have lost to Drew. You should have lost to Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble. You should have lost to Cesaro. Like you should have lost to so many people that have real experience in the ring. And actually is better than you. And you made Logan Paul look better than you. That's how bad that looked. And I know a lot of people be like, that's that's what he's supposed to do. That's his job. Now, when you're supposed to be this fucking dominant fucking champion, you're supposed to smash this fucking dude. It's not even supposed to be a close. But you let him get his offense in. It's just like this. This is why I said he's he's okay. Like, Roman's okay, man. The dominance of Roman Reigns, he's had way more close calls than he should in his reign as champion. He should have lost to Kevin Owens at TLC. He should have lost to Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. He should have lost to Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble. He should have lost to uh, Finn Ballard. He should have lost He should have lost a lot of people. And a bloodline should have never gotten involved. If this is an amateur, you should have never let the family get involved. This is fucking ridiculous. I didn't understand this shit. It's more, like I said, it's more of an indictment. It's not on Logan. It's more of an indictment on Roman Reigns and WWE. It keeps pushing this bullshit narrative. Because the next time he defends his title, he needs to lose it. This is ridiculous. Like, this shit should have never happened. It should have never, like, that shit should have never went this fucking far. The fact that, that that match lasted that fucking long, when you keep screaming he's God mode and he's untouchable and he's this, he's that, he's the greatest of all fucking time. You have had, they've literally pushed you as the most dominant champion for two and a half years, not going on three years, and you barely could beat. Logan fucking Paul. Get the fuck out of here. Logan's great. Logan's good in the ring. I can give him that. But you have been propped up as the most dominant damn champion of all time. And Logan fucking Paul hung with you for most of the fucking match. Get the fuck out of here. And he got three and a half stars because of that. Like I said last time, when I did one, when I did a review show, I said if Logan Paul hangs with Roman Reigns, this is more of an indictment on the Roman Reigns title reign than you think. It's because, like, people can say whatever the fuck they want to say. But this is more of an indictment on the Roman Reigns title reign than they want to admit. Logan Paul should have never been in this match at fucking all. Y'all been prepping this fucking right-hand punch. Just let the right-hand punch happen. Logan try to figure out what the fuck to do. Roman beats the living hell out of him. In the fucking match, we go on to the next stage. It's ridiculous. Because now you also put Rogan Paul in a little bit of a situation because he just fought Roman Reigns. Who the fuck else is he going to fight? He's he, There's no reason for him to fight anybody else. There's no reason. Like, who's he going to fight next? I would have, I'd rather have preferred Rogan Paul had fought Seth Rollins first and then Roman of Seth Rollins. And he would have had somebody to beat. The fact that his first loss comes at the hands of Roman Reigns Sounds very stupid to me. I think if you would have put him against Seth Rollins, they both have – that would have been a way more interesting match because Logan's a little bigger than Seth, and he's also a little bit more stronger than, uh, stronger than Seth. But Seth is more of a wrestling IQ. Roman is good, but Roman doesn't have that many fucking moves in his arsenal like a Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins would have took Logan to fucking school 
And I, I think that that's kind of another reason why I'm pissed off at this match that it lasted this fucking long. Because it was just like, if Seth would have fought Logan, it would be it would have made way more more sense. And that actually would have probably been a five for me. Seth and Logan would have fought at, at this instead of Roman and Logan. But like I said, it's more of an indictment on Roman Reigns' side of reign, and that's what I kept saying. I, I I just did not see the point of forcing Roman to have a real match with Logan Paul because it's like, bro, I get you trying to make Logan Paul into a thing. And he's good in the ring. I'm not going to sit there and act like the man's not good in the ring. The problem is, is like you've been propping Roman Reigns up as this dominant fucking champion for like two and a half years, for three years. And you let Logan Paul hang with you in a match. That's fucking ridiculous. So you got three and a half stars from me. That's just my personal opinion. Now, let's get into it. I got three matches that are all five stars. I did not have a four. Well, I could have had a four and a half, but I gave all five, all three of these matches five stars. Uh, so, of course, like I said, my least favorite to my most favorite. Here we go. My least favorite of all these matches, which is all five stars, but my least favorite of these five-star matches. Um, was, uh, ooh, which one was it? God damn Okay, I guess I go with that. The OC versus the Judgment Day in a six-man tag match. I thought this was actually really good. I thought it was a really good fucking match. Everybody got the offense in. The one thing about WWE that I like now that, that they were trying to do earlier is that Triple H knows the the beginning. He knows the beginning of a wrestler. And they skipped a lot of stages with Dominic Mysterio. This is one thing I kept saying. Like, you keep skipping stages with this kid. He needs to get his ass whooped. He needs to let people whoop his ass. He needs to learn the trials and tribulations of being a superstar. And you throw him in a judgment day. This is probably why I love this match so much. I hate to say that. But he tried to come in all cocky and brash, and I'm like, the best thing smoking. And AJ Styles and the OC beat the shit out of him. They beat the fucking hell out of him. They treat his ass like a piata. They beat the shit out of this dude. They beat his ass. And that was a good thing because he needs his ass whooped. You are not good. You do not know how to really beat this guy. And I think the OC, and this is why I probably love this match so much. You had two big guys, and Luke Gallows and Damian Priest, that could do some damage. And they played their parts as the enforcers of this match. Um... Another thing I loved about this match was, um, like I said, Dominic Mysterio kind of not really being some superstar. He was more so like the whoopee cushion, which you need him to be the whoopee cushion. This is what the fuck he's supposed to be in Judgment Day. Nobody really thinks he's that damn good. He's he's a whoopee cushion. Um, another thing, Finn Balor and AJ Styles are clearly the leaders of these two factions. It made sense to let these two men beat the living hell out of each other. Um, and it came down to these two at the end. I thought it was an incredible match from from pretty much start to finish. It was actually a really good fucking match. Um, Rhea Ripley, of course, got involved like she's supposed to. Um, but for the most part, man, this was a really good fucking match. I think it it told a different story, which is you know Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and the OC, uh, the Bullet Club. It told that story perfectly. And like I said, everybody got the offense in. It was a really good match. Uh, yeah, but it's my least favorite of the five-star matches. <laughs> because my next favorite um, of the five-star matches 
is the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Um, for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Titles, this was a five star match. Uh, even the beginning of it, um, you know, Jimmy and Jay been like, "Ooh, these motherfuckers whipping ass." Hold on, <laughs> we got a match already on Friday. We ain't trying to get involved in this shit. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's take the titles to the back. Let's get the fuck. Now, usually I hate that shit, but this played perfectly into the into into alignment. And I think the Brawling Brutes, uh, you know, Butch, aka Pete Dunn. And Rich Holland, they're holding down Sheamus very well, and it's kind of showing them showing what they can really do when they when he comes back because then they will finally be an entity on them on their own. Um, and I think it's a really good match. The Usos did what the Usos do, man. They give bangers, man. As a tag team, if they get if they get the right the proper tag team, they could give bangers. Like this Friday, I'm looking so forward to the Usos versus the New Day because every time those two teams get together. They fucking fight. That is a match that I'm pretty fucking sure is going to be a solidified banger. Just like they did at uh, at, um, the uh, WWE uh, one day just recently. That was an incredible match. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match Friday, man. But the Brawling Bruce and the Usos, such a good match. Um, The 1D off the top rope. Which was like you haven't seen that before, so it was pretty dope to see them kind of get creative with it. And the one D off the top rope was incredible. I loved the entire match. Uh, you know, Pete Dunn, aka Butch, is one of my favorite. Was one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT. Uh, and I hopefully him and Rich Holland can both uh, again capitalize on Sheamus being gone because I think those dudes are incredible. To, Incredible wrestler. So, and the Usos are just the Usos. Now, I do have to say, if Jay really does have a broken wrist, Friday will be interesting because they are going to be the longest reigning WWE uh, champ, tag team champions ever. But do you give the title to the New Day? Because I think it does come a time where if Jay's hurt, this kind of derails the storyline with Sami Zayn a little bit. Because the storyline is for the Usos to fight Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure that's pretty much what the storyline is. So if he does have a broken wrist, do you give the title to Solo and let Solo and Jimmy do the tag team titles? Because technically, you don't really just need... I mean, technically, the Usos are a team, but it's the bloodline, that's the faction, that's really the the team. So do you give the titles to Solo or do you give the title to Sami Zayn and say Sami Zayn since Jay can't carry the load right now, how about you become tag team champions with Jimmy and y'all to compete and y'all to defend these titles, which creates a new element of that storyline because Jay can't really do shit. He's injured. He can't really do shit. So, and also does that now push the deadline back for, does that push it back for when they turn on Sami Zayn? Cause we all know it's coming. And this is actually something I wanted to say was, do you even turn on Sami Zayn now? Because, it feels like Roman's got to feel like Sami Zayn's a threat. And the only thing that he can feel Sami Zayn's a threat at is his popularity. Sami Zayn's popularity is going through the roof with the bloodline. So why would Roman turn on Sami Zayn if technically Jay's hurt? So, it, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be a pretty interesting way they're going to tell his story going forward now because, like, now that Sami's kind of hurt and Sami's – I mean, Jay's kind of hurt, we're going to see how this really does play out going forward. But I thought this match was incredible. It was a hell of a match, and I gave it five stars. Um, which brings me to 
the last five-star match, I thought was the best match of the night, uh, was Bianca Belair versus Bailey, last woman standing match for the Raw Women's Championship. Out of all of the matches, this was one of my favorite matches because I expected it to be good, and it kind of did exceed my expectations of it just being good. Now, people would hate it that Bianca continues to win these matches over Beck, uh, over Bailey, but I think the way that damage control is, I don't really think you have to. I think if Bailey was on SmackDown, this would make more sense because she's way better than Ronda. And she's more of a better champion around her, and it would make more sense. The fact that she's on Raw with a Bianca Belair, it's hard to get the title off of Bianca Belair because she's one of the best female wrestlers in the in the company, and she's one of the best champions in the company. So who does who do you lose the title to? I like Bailey a lot. I think Bailey's one of the best to ever do it. Excuse me. But this is hard for a, a person like a Bailey that's coming back into the company, and the first thing you do is got to beat the longest reigning women's champion who hasn't been pinned in like two or three years, for like a year and a half, a year, and you are the only person that has pinned her twice. So, but it's like when you give her to put her into like a stipulation match, like these last two matches have been, the latter match and not this woman last man woman standing match, it's kind of hard for a Bailey to win these matches. Because you're giving it a new element. If this was just a regular old women's title match, I think Bailey would have won. It makes sense for her to win. But the fact of the matter is, it's not. It's not a regular old women's title match. It's just a one-on-one, last man stand, a last woman standing, or as a ladder match. And it's kind of like it's hard for you to win those matches with a Bianca Belair, who is stronger, quicker, faster. All the days she says she is, so it's kind of hard for you to win these types of matches. For what it was worth, man, I thought they did some incredible spots. I thought they had an incredible fight. Uh, damage control did not come out and try to help Bailey, which was another element to this 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 match. Which, like I said earlier, I thought Nikki Cross coming out and helping Damage Control earlier was kind of interesting because I thought she would do it for Bailey in this match, but she didn't. But they kept it kind of clean between these two, and I thought that was pretty interesting to say the least. And probably one of the reasons why I liked it so much because. It had to show the elements. I think Bailey kind of playing off of her, her reasoning for why she was out for the last couple of for like a year. Her leg injury. She even hit the chair real kind of like really bad. I mean, it was a really interesting situation. Sorry about that, by the way. But I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was a really interesting match. The way it ended also because Bailey technically just got trapped under the ladder was really interesting. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, man. I thought it was a really, really good match. Again, Bianca winning these matches are great for her in the in the storylines that there's been a lot of people are gonna sit here now and say, Well, Bailey, does she even get another title match? Because she's already lost twice. I think she gets another title match, and I think that's when she wins. Um because who do you put Bianca against? Charlotte? Because I'm tired of seeing Charlotte and Ronda fighting. It's 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 ridiculous. I think if you're putting, you know, uh Bianca versus Charlotte, we haven't seen that before. And I would love to see how that looks. At WrestleMania for the women's title, that would be so fucking dope. Two generational talents go up against each other. I think that would be a dope-ass main event. I think that would be a dope-ass main event to close out WrestleMania 1. I think that would be a dope-ass main event. Matter of fact, that's what I think should happen. I think if you're going to keep Bianca with the title, I think she should fight Charlotte at WrestleMania. I think it makes more sense. I think Becky should fight Ronda. And Bailey should fight somebody. They should find maybe Bailey and Damage Control continue this reign, and then 
Sasha and Naomi do come back, but they bring somebody with them. I don't fucking know, but yeah, it's it's it's. I think this would be dope. I think that, but if you want to keep the title on Bianca, I think the only way you go is like if that's the match that you're trying to build to is Bianca versus Charlotte. Now that's a fucking match that I think should close our WrestleMania. Two women that have incredible high stakes and incredible uh, two generational talents, like I said. But I thought this last woman standing match was incredible, and I thought that was the best match of the night. Um, like always, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, also, I want to close it out with this something that is coming soon to this Wrestling Life podcast, man. Like I said, this after this, I got one more rank and review. Regular review show left, and that's a virus series. War Games is coming in some, at the end of this year. Um, I should say at the end of the year. At the end of this month, I'm sorry. Um, and I will be doing that. And after that, I will be doing a bunch of things, including, uh, like I said earlier, the top 10, my top 10 favorite matches of 2022. But also, I will be talking about what I want to see going forward for 2023. So I'm going to do a couple of those episodes in December just to get myself ready. And, of course, I will be doing, at the beginning of the year, a prediction show. Pretty much the rest of these shows are going to be prediction shows in December. But I'm going to close out what I loved about WWE wrestling going into 2022, what I didn't like about 2022 wrestling-wise. Everything, man. Of course, like I said, we'll all culminate with the top 10 list of my best matches of 2022. Um, of course, like I said, prediction shows like the Raw Rumble prediction show, which I'm probably going to have some people on that one. So uh, we're going to probably give our guess on what 2023 is going to look like, particularly to what the Raw Rumble is going to look like. Who should be coming out at first? Who should be coming out last? Who should win it? And I'm going to have some some guests with that. But until then, man, I hope you guys enjoy this, man. Like I said, I'll see you guys soon. Uh, not that's not too much longer, man. That Survivor Series will be here November 26th will be the next WWE pay-per-view. And I will be giving y'all my review of that. So until then, I'll see you soon. Brandon Janu. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace.